Hey everybody, this is Aaron Roberts, Innovative Learning Coach with Mason City Schools, once again having a great conversation with uh, an amazing middle school teacher. Um, I'm going to introduce you to uh, Laura Tonkin, who is a Project Excellence winner uh, just last night, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, currently uh, teaching science at Mason Middle School. I'll let her introduce herself a little bit. Laura, say your name, what you do, why you do it. Wonderful. Um, I'm Laura Tonkin, and I teach 8th grade physical science at Mason Middle School. Um, My position has kind of evolved over the years. I started in science, did a little bit of math in science, 7th grade, 8th grade, and as soon as the option for physical science came down from the high school, I jumped on it because it's a perfect combination of math and science together, and I have a really amazing, eager group of students that I've really kind of capitalized on with some new kind of innovative ideas with them, and we've had a great time. So those innovative ideas, we could probably do 10 different recordings here. (laughs) Uh, There's a reason why you're a Project Excellence winner. There's a lot of really cool things going on in your classroom, and maybe we'll come back and talk about uh, each of them (laughs) as I try and fill in episodes on this podcast. But I wanted to talk to you about spaces. Mm -hmm. So for about 10 years, you taught in a pretty traditional science classroom. Tell me what that was like. Um, My traditional science classroom was probably still very group oriented, um, typical kind of chem top tables, groups of four, nothing really fancy though. Um, We kind of had like our little group roles and did our thing and the lab stations, but nothing unique, nothing that stood out from a typical science classroom. So then this year, you did a lot of work to shake up the typical science classroom, which there's not anything necessarily wrong with a typical classroom. We do know um, that uh, kids are still learning. Our kids have been doing great. So what made you decide that you really wanted to shake up that typical realm? So this kind of pairs together with how my classroom has evolved. Um, Since we're doing a little bit more personalized learning, I also wanted to provide my learners with some alternative seating and alternative spaces. Um, I was very fortunate to have a classroom that was an old chem lab and had this glorious unused space in the back. And when I came, it was a mess. It was piled high with just random science materials. And I just kind of saw a space that could be used for student learning. So I gutted the room, opened it up, and I wanted to provide kind of multiple areas um, for students to learn, for students to collaborate, to have a little bit of independent time, for students to meet with myself, and just kind of vary the classroom because the way that my room is set up now, the lab stations are kind of limiting because it's four people sitting in one area. Um, The tables are fastened to the ground, so I can't even move them like in a traditional (laughs) classroom. So I wanted to kind of expand on that. And in physical science, we don't so much use lab table setting. It's more of collaborative work, get down on the floor, test things, move around. So I wanted to use a little bit more of that. So let's break those spaces down. The the um, back room that you were talking about, we're actually sitting in that room right mm-hmm. now. Um, I did get to see it in the, the messy state that it was in. Um, there was, uh, ra- I, it's, there's actually, so there's random painting on the wall. Um, there, but there's, Year, years <laughs> and years of possible changes, I guess. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting in front of a fume hood that might be from, I don't know, roughly 1955. <laughs> it's this, uh, it's really actually a cool antique wooden fume hood that I dare not that turn on. That still works, by the way. Yeah, well, I flipped the switch the one time, and I regretted it immediately. I did not want to uh, be breathing asbestos or something. I don't know what my Yeah, I don't know. And then otherwise, it was uh, 
storage. There was stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. So how is this space that we're sitting in here right now, what does it do for kids now? So we kind of call this area the cafe. So I have um, some saucer seating back here, low tables for them to work on, kind of little side tables, uh, and then a group for uh, some collaborative work in the back. We use this typically for more one-on-one um, or partner work, a bit of a quiet environment. So with the personalized learning concept and the cause some of the activities that we're doing in my class, it's sometimes a bit boisterous. Everybody's moving around, testing things, collecting data, and it seems a bit chaotic in the traditional classroom. And I'm thinking about my learners that maybe need a little bit more peace and quiet. Um, maybe they're just trying to work through an objective and understand it one-on-one before they're testing anything. So I wanted to provide a space for that. The room evolves into something um, It's kind of based on the needs of the class. There are times when I come back and we have some group work and we have some really good, rich discussions. Um, thanks to you, Erin, I turned all of these gigantic, unusable glass surfaces into whiteboards by backing them with um, poster paper. Yeah, so we have these, um, what used to be used as chemical storage for a chemistry class when this building was a high school. They're glass-covered sliding doors, and Laura has put in some uh, white paper behind it and some really cool, fun, colorful tape around it, and it really makes it into a into a, a whiteboard. And, uh, I, yeah, I guess I fed you with the idea that basically <laughs> whiteboard markers work on glass, but you took it from there and you turned it into something quite uh, quite attractive, very pretty. It's And it's pretty cool because it, when you come back here, you see kids kind of sitting in the chairs collaborating or working independently, and then you see kids up on the whiteboard. And what happens on the whiteboard is it's either maybe they're just documenting their understanding and their... Um, Maybe they're demonstrating mastery of an objective, and so they're kind of note-taking. But the coolest thing I've seen back here is when they're teaching each other. Yeah. So a kid hops up on the whiteboard, uh, creates a, some sort of scenario for another another kid, and then they're talking through it. And what's neat is I just come back and I get to watch. I just observe. So it's, you think this, just, this kind of contains space? So this room is what, maybe 18 by 20 feet, mm-hmm. um, definitely smaller than the classroom, but big enough for a couple of tables mm-hmm. in here. Do you think being in this kind of contained space with a small group, what does it do for their thinking, their brainstorming, their their thought process? Do you think it changes it just being in a different sort of space? I, I definitely do. There's something about walking back here. It is kind of like a think tank. Like everybody is kind think of tank. in the same area. It's not open and, and you don't have those distractions in the background mm-hmm. and you can really focus on what you're talking about. And and it's kind of nice. It's kind of that 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 sort of pressure, sort of conversation where it, when you speak, I'm going to hear you mm-hmm. and everyone's going to hear you. And they know that it's a safe space that we can talk through things and make mistakes and work it out. But I think they take it a little bit more seriously when we're back here talking. Of course, it can evolve into something, you know, a little bit of a social hour, but that's not such a bad thing either because then they happen upon talking about science, and I'm okay with that. And and how often do we do that in a teacher meeting? It's, exactly. It feels like a million times that a day. Are working. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we start teacher meetings by just talking a little right. bit about what's going on. Kids and need I, to connect just like teachers I think it is really nice, too, because they can come back here and unwind a little bit and have just a little bit of quiet. Like, there are days I'll come back and just say, all right, today we're going to be quiet. And just give those kids that 
seem a little overwhelmed by what's going on in the classroom or maybe they're catching up from something that they missed, um, providing that kind of quiet space for them. Okay, so since Laura is actually running a class right now while we're trying to do this, I'm going to pause this. Pause. I'm going to go check on the kids. (laughs) And we'll come back with some more questions. Thank you, Laura. Okay, so now we're back, and uh, it was funny that we had to take that pause because <laughs> I'm hoping listeners didn't necessarily even comprehend that you actually have a class going on adjacent, and that's how yeah. well this little room works. I have children in charge out there while we can be in the think tank back here. Right. So there, it's a research period. They're, it's late in the school year, so they're watching we're a testing. movie. We're and, testing. And We've got our long periods of testing. Yeah, there's, so there's testing going on in the building. So it's not the typical class. Laura... Uh, it would be hard to grab you during a typical class because yeah. you are um, one-on-one everywhere throughout all of your different yeah. spaces. Yeah. So um, would you have any suggestions for somebody who doesn't have this awesome old chemi- chemistry storage room? How could they create kind of a confined cafe or quiet space, cave-type space? Yeah, I uh, so a, a little kind of side passion of my own is... I think that I could be an interior decorator. I don't actually think that I could be, but I've been watching a lot of these house flipping shows, nice. so I'm like, ah, nice. I could definitely do that, uh-huh. you know? Um, but there are really kind of cool ways to create an atmosphere in a large space that feels like different rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and a part of that in my regular room are my whiteboard tables and just kind of setting off to the side a space designated for a specific reason. Now, the kids might take it somewhere where you you never really imagined, but at the front of my room, um, I've got some whiteboard tables. I'm going to pause you that. Uh, so the kids might take it somewhere you never really imagined. Do you feel right. like that happened with this space here? Absolutely, yeah. So, like, teacher lens, I'm envisioning one thing, and, and it was great. Kids were coming back here quietly working. I disappear for five minutes, and I come back, and they're teaching each other. Right, okay. I, I, I just, I never envisioned that. I knew that they would use the whiteboards because they like to write on them, but I thought there would just be weird, goofy middle school pictures. <laughs> but there there was sci- there was real science. There was authentic learning happening back here, and there were kids that were teaching kids and videotaping mm-hmm. and taking pictures of other things that kids had done because they thought that that was cool. I mean... It, it just has really blossomed into something unbelievable. And so it's really I love important that. to tap into what the kids... Absolutely. When, especially when you're trying to build a space for kids. Yes. And we're adults and we can do our best to empathize with kids. Yes. But kids are going to make connections that we never even were Absolutely. able to think of before. Right. And, so and, I think and it's that really is strong of you to tap into that. that, and that but that's a big kind of philosophy of how I'm teaching right now. The kids know that... While I'm up there in teacher role, I'm, I'm just one piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. They're really making, ultimately making the decisions. Um, and I've actually had a few teachers approach me and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Would this work for my room? And I said, why are you asking me? Ask the kids. Is that what they want? Yeah. Are they going to use that? Mm-hmm. I mean, as a teacher, you envision these grand things occurring in your classroom. But if the kids aren't going to utilize it or they want to utilize it in some different way, then give them that power to make that choice and then they really will use it. Yeah. Which has been cool. But you can, like in my room, like I said, my my lab tables are fastened to the wall, which is okay but slightly unfortunate just because you obviously can't move them. But in maybe another classroom that has um, desks or tables that can be moved, you can kind of create little individual spaces, maybe some group tables, some individual tables, some round tables, and use those spaces and maybe have the kids set them up and say, hey, what are your needs today? You know, you want to do a lot of group work. Well, let's rearrange the room together. And 
you can make spaces you, with what you've got. You can make spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really found that the kids love as gross as it is <laughs> being on the floor, just like yeah, sitting really. and working on the floor. They'll just kind of spread out. Uh, maybe we're collecting data on a buggy and they're all just kind of gathered around. They just want to sit on the floor. They want to maybe pop out in the hall and have a little quiet space. And that's really nice. Yeah, your students do go out in the hallway quite a bit. I actually see yeah. that with a number of classrooms here in this wing specifically yes. and, and a little bit in a couple of the other wings. But definitely in this wing, I see your kids out using yeah. really the hallway space as another. Absolutely. So really, I feel like some teachers might not um, like having kids out in the hallway when they're trying. So how has that been with group dynamics with the other teachers in this wing? Well, I'm really fortunate to be in the zero wing and um, the people around me are typically science teachers teachers as well mm-hmm. and we're all kind of trying these new things so they're they seem okay with it typically though for my class if it's kids out in the hall it's because they want to maybe listen to a video and they didn't bring headphones um so it's a quiet space it's more them. of a quiet space mm-hmm. but we have we, we definitely do kind of bleed out into the hallway and do some experiments and I just pop into the teachers classrooms and say hey are we going to be disruptive today or can we test these you know paper airplanes and so good communication good teamwork absolutely having a, a team on board with the, the yeah. same goals is well really and they'll be honest with out. me like hey you're you're loud yeah. you need to yeah. leave <laughs> and I'm like oh me that's not the kids that's also good teamwork it's, yeah, it's my fault <laughs> yeah. so I step back into the classroom the kids are fine <laughs> that's great yeah, oh it's you that's yeah loud. it's me yeah. it's not the kids yeah I can, I can see that no idea yeah I can see that um, so let's talk about the, the main part of your classroom where actually your research bell kids are sitting right now mm-hmm. um, um, you did a couple of things in there as well. Like you mentioned, your lab tables, traditional blacktop, uh, acid proof, right. going to half-life of a thousand years sure, kind of lab tables. Yeah, we have no chemicals on them, but right. it's great to know. Great, great to, to know. know. It's going to survive anything. <laughs> makes me makes me comfortable. Yeah, those old duck and cover drills for you yeah, know, perfect. That's actually yeah. those tables we can, probably We have survived those many right. times, yeah. So um, those are bolted to the floor. Those aren't going mm-hmm. anywhere, but you did some things in there. What else have you done out there in the main space? Well, the cool thing about the bolted tables is they are, um, they're higher up, so I have stools, Mm -hmm. so the kids can stand. And to be totally honest with you, I know that this is kind of like a a hot topic for some teachers, but letting kids move around and just stand, even if they're within that small space, maybe they're working together, they're working independently, letting them stand has been phenomenal because... Maybe they are working something a little bit more intense and they're not able to get down and test and collect data or maybe it's a different type of classroom where you just don't traditionally do that. Letting kids stand and move about the table and pop into different tables has been really, really nice for a lot of them. Um, some of them just need that outlet, that that movement outlet. Mm-hmm. So letting them know that that's okay has been pretty phenomenal. Well, I think that shows really great empathy because if you can think about how schools have been traditionally, and we still have schools like that, and even mm-hmm. we're still even like that within our own school and mm-hmm. school district, um, where students uh, might sit. There's a very strong potential where a student might sit mm-hmm. in a very similar chair all day right. long, right. and perhaps even just listen to a teacher talk right. all day long. That when you try to empathize with that experience, you realize that you've got to shake some things up, right. even if it's as simple as what you have here is allowing kids to get up and stand. Right. Do you have assigned seats? No. no, open senses. seating every day. Um, the way that the classes run, I mean, they might be working independently that day with a group that day. We might be working as a collective group, um, but no, they they get to pick their seats because at middle school, I, I just that's tough. Mm-hmm. I, I understand the concept of, you know, you need to learn 
to work with different types of people, but I don't see why I have to dictate that. Right. They're they're going to naturally work with different types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, we'll we'll shift it around, Spice and I'll groups. yeah yeah, and I'll tell them you know sit with somebody that you don't know, talk to them, collaborate with them. Maybe we're doing some sort of challenge as a group or a, a review. Uh, and it's kind of cool to see them interact, but they kind of naturally do it anyway. When you allow open seating and have flexible seating, you will see them break out and work with other people and have conversations with kids that they otherwise may not have conversations with. Um, so you have you have the chem tables that are uh, standing, cafe mm-hmm. height, stool height. Mm-hmm. Then you have some uh, typical table height uh, yeah. things out there as well. Tell me about those. I have uh, one set of two lab tables that are movable, mm-hmm. and um, that's kind of my overflow because I have too many kids for the actual seating, like right. the standard <laughs> seating in the room. Um, so there are groups that sit down in the center spot, and then I have two whiteboard tables where the kids can sit as well. And Usually that's kind of my perch throughout the day when mm-hmm. I'm meeting that's with kids. Um, when you're meeting with kids. When, when I'm meeting with key. kids, mm-hmm. which is kind of um, all day. Mm-hmm. And I asked them, I said, do you want me to <laughs> come to you? Like, is that, should I be mobile? You want me to move around the room? Do you want me to come find you? Because we have this help board scenario where they can write up and I know exactly who I need to meet with and, and why. And they said, no. You stay where you are because oftentimes when we're meeting, we're going through content and we're checking for understanding. And if I'm at the whiteboard table, then that's a really natural, easy space for us to collaborate and talk and make sure we're on the same page. And you can draw out the and we can draw right out. there. Yeah. I personally, I'm a person that I would cover the world in whiteboard. Absol- no, absolutely. No, so absolutely. For sure. That's really cool. And I can see, because I've, I've walked by, I've seen you working with kids, doodling mm-hmm. out on the whiteboard to get them to explain. Yeah. And then you can wipe it away. And then the next kid that comes up, you're able to get exactly where they're at. So it's right. not the big whiteboard where everybody gets the same content. It's right. this little personal experience. Exactly. For each and every where kid. you don't have to be afraid to, to fail. Yeah. It's, it's okay to make mistakes because that's why we're meeting. Yes. We want to make sure that you really understand it. So... Let's make sure you really understand. Not that. high stakes. You're Absolutely not. Test not. Right there. You're Absolutely just making not. sure whenever they get to whatever kind of high stakes things might happen to them, yep. they're ready for it. Right. But mostly you're just assessing learning right. and guiding your instruction based on that one on one conversation. Right. And I love how you've used your spaces to be able to create those types of conversations between you and kids, between kid and kid, yeah, small which groups, has been everything. The best, yeah. Seen a change in instruction. I've uh, seen uh, not that your instruction was weak by by any means previously, I, right? I, you, no, I, I would like. I could. I could. I could travel back in time and apologize to a few groups of students right? for yeah, sure. I, think I we all could. Yeah, and it's and it is. You know, you kind of fall into that. You know, this is what we do. But when you feel comfortable to step outside of that and say, well, "What? I wouldn't have wanted that as a kid. Why am I doing that to to these students?" You know, and. This is just, it's just, it's more real now. And I feel like we're all learning much more now. So for everything that you've got going on here, changing up your spaces, changing up the way you deliver instruction, the, the, the way you build knowledge in mm-hmm. your classroom, it really sounds like it all has started with you empathizing with students, Absolutely. trying to understand where they're at, mm-hmm. where they're at as little humans, where they're at mm-hmm. with as learners. Mm-hmm. And I think that's incredible. And I think that, Laura, is why you're the Project Excellence uh, <laughs> Award winner this year. And I'm thank very you. proud of you for that. And I thank thanks. you for joining us. Um, and uh, thanks for uh, being uh, recorded here. I know that's of very course, awkward. Yeah. So thank you very much. Yeah.